I've lived in a world of death. I've watched people I've loved die. Some fast with a bullet. Some not enough left to bury. years I've kept my secrets but the time has come to face my past and if it comes looking for me they will welcome death I want revenge Jack, it is you. The only man I ever had sex with. Wasn't that bad? I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. Yo, Freddy! Where you hiding at, you bright face pussy? I'm running this monkey for no Frankenstein, and I want to know what the fuck you're doing with my time. Let's give it a go. With Hollywood I don't mean to be a stickler, but this is the seventh sequel to our original motion picture. Uh, hello folks, welcome to the sloppy second segment of the show. Uh, with me tonight is not Court Psyops, but uh, it's a pretty excellent guest, I gotta say. Uh, first, uh, not first time guest of the Cinema Beef, but long, long time away so this guest of the Cinema Beef. He uh, runs the Married with Children podcast, and is it the Hard to Kill commentaries, Alex? That is? Yep. Alex Edwards is here. How you doing, sir? Yeah, asshole. Woo! <laughs> I'm good, man. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me on. Just watch this movie today, so uh, I'm pumped to do this review. Cool. You heard in the background for a second there. Jamie's here. How you doing, Jamie? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about this, too. It's This is a movie that... Because we always go see horror. Everything horror that comes out, we try to see. Um, unless he just flat out refuses about something. But... <clears throat> Anyway, but this is a movie that we both really um, enthusiastically wanted to go see, but we don't really have a podcast that we could talk about it <laughs> as far as, you know, just like throwing a little thing out there. So that's really cool that that you invited us. I'm excited. Yes. And her partner in real life and her partner on the ABC's A Hidden Horror and the Like It podcast, I'm proud to say, is back. Mr. Brian M. Sam is here. Yeah. How are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing okay. How's everybody? How's everybody else doing? Fine. It's warm, <laughs> but I'm good. It has gotten warm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, warm was... weekend. <laughs> We're here tonight to talk about the brand new, so I'm sure there'll be some spoilers about, so plug your ears, people. 
Rambo The Last Blood or Rambo Last Blood, one of the two. One of those titles works. Uh, <laughs> Sly is back for a fifth installment, and boy, what installment is. I'm sure we're all very happy to talk about it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, your basic plot synopsis is this. Uh, from from the IMDb, it's kind of lame. Rambo must confront his past and unearth the ruthless combat skills to exact revenge in a final mission. This stars Sylvester Stallone, Paz Vega, and a bunch of other Mexican people. So I'm going to leave it at that. And um, Jamie told me the idea of asking, what's our history with the series? So Jamie, since you asked the question, what's your history with the series? I have none. Yeah, that's a lie. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you know, I grew up with the Rambo movies, like anyone else my age did. And it's funny that one of them in particular <laughs> is just in incredibly indicative of the year in which it was made. I mean, you can't look at that film and think anything else possibly. So in a way, you know, they kind of defined a generation to an extent with, and like Elvira did it in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. You know, it just, it's one of those references that transcends everything. And so you could, you know, when you're growing up with it like that and you're actually seeing the movies. I didn't see any of them in the theater prior to oh, this one. Yeah, all of all of the other ones were like my whole I saw them a lot, but you know, on cable and whatever. So I have that and then when the last one came out, uh we did this episode of what now is called Theme Warriors, but back then was the not-so-evil episodes. And on that show, we did a show called Rambo Cocky, which we covered the first four. And I gushed about them then, some of them. You'll have to wait and find out, though, which ones I don't. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't the last one. It wasn't the last one. The last one was incredibly gory and super fun, and I... When I found out that this movie was coming out, I was super excited about it. Because I'm like, if he continues in the trend that he can that he had in the last film, where you had, like, body parts flying and blood gushing, and, and it was just insane with the over-the-top violence. Like, if he continues into that streak, then I am going to be A-OK. -okay. So... So we decided as soon as it popped up, we're like, yep, well, that's going to be something we see in the theater. So we did. Cool. Brian. Oh, hell. Um, I got an older brother, and way back in the day, he found First Blood on cable, and then he let me watch it. Now, he's much older than I am. Uh, I probably shouldn't have watched it. And my mom probably wouldn't have allowed me to watch it, but, you know, that's what older brothers are there for. So we watched it together, and we loved it together. And we watched I mean, it was on cable all the time, so we'd always watch it. So when Rambo First Blood Part 2 came out, I actually saw it in a drive-in with him. And uh, that was a hell of an experience. Um, never really did get into Rambo Part 3... Um, although I've warmed up to it somewhat, just taking it for its ridiculous, you know, Rambo-ness. But, uh, 
loved part four. And so when this was coming out and dear God, the guy's got to be pushing what 80 now, this probably is going to be the last <laughs> blood. Um, I was very interested in seeing what he would do. So that's my history in a nutshell. Cool. Alex. I um, was not a huge Rambo fan or anything. I was more of an Arnold guy growing up, but I did love the Rockies. Now, um, <clears throat> I did see, I think, one and two when I was younger, but the like, I think I bought like a box set of DVDs whenever they came out with like the triple pack or whenever they like kind of released it on DVD as like this big thing. And, and uh, I bought them just because I figured they must be good. And... Um, the only thing I remembered about any of them was him coming out of the mud and killing somebody, and then that one last shot where the guy's on the rock and he shoots him from the helicopter and blows him up. That's about all I remembered. I didn't remember even anything iconic from the first one at all. Or I guess maybe him like shooting up the city or something at the end, and that's it. Those are like the three things I remembered. I just it just wasn't a thing of mine, and then. Um, but, you know, if it ever comes out and I it, during a time when I'm conscious of whatever. So the when that last one came out, I went to go see it in the theater. And um, although it, it was very gory and all this other stuff, I just found it to be like um, not. a. It's funny. Jamie called it fun because I always described it as not a fun movie to watch because <laughs> it's not like um it's just dark. It's just very dark. Well, you're right. It's not cartoonishly like R Rambo three is very cartoonish to me. Right. Yeah. Um, that this last one, or you know, the one previous to this one, you're right. It's right. not. It's very it's just dark. Dark. Right? And so it's just probably bizarre to hear me go. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I just I get very gleeful at these like hyper violent scenes. You know. Right. It's, right. You know, obviously. I would feel bad if that were happening to someone, really. It's not, you know, I wouldn't want to see that. But, you know, you know it's fake, so I just sort of get all giddy about it. And Brian is worse. He sits in the movie theater <laughs> doing that. Laughing? <laughs> he laughs during, like, really... Their heads you should, pop you should have it. seen him during Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when <laughs> when he was smashing the chick's face all over I the love place. that bit. <laughs> <laughs> he just laughed and laughed, and I just... <laughs> That cracks me up. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yes, but you're right. It is dark. Yeah, it was just so dark, and I and I saw it like twice, and I said, I said to myself, this isn't enjoyable in this weird way. It's just, <laughs> it's well done, but I'm not. I enjoying just don't it. like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that wouldn't phase me. So you know, when this next one came out, um, I was just again, like Jamie said, curious, or uh, maybe Brian said, just curious to see what he's what will happen, what it'll do, you know, he's pushing like 80 or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I just had a curiosity and, and then went and saw it today. Did you see this by yourself or did Tiff go with you? Uh, Tiff was work and I snuck in for six bucks at the theater by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, um, I didn't see some theaters either. I, I, I didn't see any of them theaters. Um, seen the first three, uh, on cable at some point in time, I can't really give you any really fond memories of them because I couldn't really call when I watched them. But it, you know, it was most of these action films. I was about ten years old because we were we were church going people back in those days. I wasn't a saint or anything, but I was like forbidden to watch like Terminator Two when it came out. So my I saw it on the sly. I saw lots of the sly. Uh, no pun intended. But You're only uh, allowed to watch pure flicks. 
<laughs> oh sure. No, I, I wasn't that crazy. <laughs> Nothing like that. Although doing that now, it kind of pisses me off on the voodoo. That's another story, and I digress. But uh, I, I saw First Blood probably last, the very fir- the very first uh, movie. And uh, oh wow, really? Yeah, I don't know. So I watched them in reverse or something. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, I love them. I love them more than any of them now because especially the the, the concept of 4K. First Blood in 4K is is something else, and I'll, I'll say I'll recommend that all day long. The restoration wow. is beautiful. Um, um, yeah, but uh, the last one, like you guys said, just it flipped the script. I mean, you had like 80s style, you know, action, and those other ones, you know, blowing up models and like all kinds of crazy stuff. But that last one just went for the viscera and just just Rambo cut people's heads off and stuff and. You know, for 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 good reasons. You got better reasons than this new one. We'll talk about it, but um, yeah, that, that's basically my history. History of everything everybody else has. Pretty, pretty much, either they saw them, most of them saw them on cable, probably VHS. But I, I'm I'm not I'm not old enough to say, hey, I saw those in the theater because I wouldn't have been going to go do that. Um, <laughs> I'm old enough. <laughs> I'm not calling yeah. you grandpa, there, Except man. For the first one. <laughs> it came out when I wasn't even born yet, so wasn't it '72? No, no, it was eighty-one. Uh, eighty-one. Yeah. Sounds yeah, that's like crap. Or eighty-two, <laughs> maybe, but somewhere around there. Yeah. I was born there. No, that. I thought it was pre-Rocky. No. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I could. That was his that. first big role after. Rocky. You know, and I may have, and I just there. We went to see so many things and so many things I can't even remember. You know, it just. You know what I remember seeing more than anything in the theater? The trailer for Gorky Park. <laughs> I saw that trailer so many goddamn times. That is random. <laughs> I know. Well, it's because at that period we were going to the movies a lot. Did you ever see the movie? No. I did. I actually liked it. I, liked <laughs> I it a lot. never saw the movie, but I saw the trailer every. And it wasn't even like a like a trailer. It was a teaser photo oh, with um, like trees mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was red and black. Yeah. Somebody and there's a guy lying dead in the forest. Yeah, and it just says Gorky Park. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen that like 150 times. But well, I'm going to derail this conversation, man. I say, know. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of dead bodies, I'm going to get some first impressions without any spoilers from Alex first. How do you feel about this new one, Alex? <clears throat> um, I was totally in right from the get-go. Uh, I loved the uh, lead actress in this movie. I loved uh, that Rambo looked normal and not trying to... <laughs> recapture whatever he tried in that last movie with the long hair and it was still black which it was just look yeah, I regret that uh, for him it was just so unnatural looking and just bizarre so I was so glad he didn't do that again he just kind of kept it real here even though it's clearly a hair piece yes. but uh, <laughs> yeah that hairline man is uh, amazing um, but this girl Yvette uh, Monreal who plays uh his daughter if you want to call her that um she's she's really cool uh if you like i looked her up on instagram and wrote to her and i guess this since is like it's the beginning of her career i guess like she she takes the time to respond to every single person who writes to her so oh, like that's so yeah nice. yeah i wrote to her and she wrote back thank you i'm so glad you enjoyed it Aww. um yeah so she's, she's pretty cool um and uh, yeah, like uh, the the bad the villains were great in this movie. Um, 
the setting was good going to Mexico. That that bitch friend of hers or whatever you want to call her, she looked and played the part just as as she should. Um, the the premise is obviously dark. You know, we've seen things like this before. It's derivative of uh, I guess the Taken movies or whatever. But um, it it was just done well, and it, it goes on all the time. So you know, there's multiple movies about a lot of different topics and uh it's just how how they're done so this one was done really well it's dark again just like that last movie but a little a little less um even though it's dark <laughs> but it was somehow more enjoyable in a weird way um and it brought out more emotions definitely like in the last rambo i didn't really like feel for uh those like reporters or whatever that was that he like helped the missionaries or whatever they were um like I did here, this was very personal, very touching, uh, heartfelt, and that scene in the car is just like, oh my god! And then, uh, you know, as it, it, it progressed the right way, and he baited them the right way, and it, it just uh, first impression, man, I just really dug it. Cool, Brian. Okay, I like this one a lot. Um, I like. As Alex said, he's not – he didn't try to pump up too much. He, he There wasn't unnecessary shots of him walking around with his shirt off. Maybe because he's out of shape because God knows, again, he's almost 80. But he doesn't need that. You can tell just by him walking around in normal clothes, he's, a, he's still in incredible shape for a man his age. Um, and there's still some physicality there. The scene where he goes to his, uh, I don't even know where the relationship, the, what, the girl's father. And he's like, you know, I should have. She's his niece. Uh, she's his niece. Yeah. So that would make him. Yeah, I don't think like by blood, but he calls her his niece. Um, anyways, when he goes up to there and he's like, I should have broke your neck 10 years ago. And. He, he puts on some good intimidation. Oh, when he hits the wall. Like, yeah. you can feel it in the theater. Like, he's just like, bam! And I'm like, oh! Baby, <laughs> jump back. <laughs> um, I like that they don't try to make him do anything too un, unrealistic. Yeah, this is still one guy versus 30, 40 people at a time. And he's but, not holding a helicopter by a yeah, chain while riding on the back of the truck. This isn't, you know, Fast and Furious. This is, you know, a little bit more reeled back from that. Um, I think this is Stallone doing some pretty good acting on his part. Because a lot of this movie is backloaded with the action. Like the first, I'd say half of it is just him being this old, broken down, sad warrior type. And, you know, he knows he's messed up and he's trying to do the best he can. But, you know... Even, like, when his niece is like, you know, are you mad? Are you crazy? And he's like, no. But, you know, I try to keep a lid on my bullshit. Yeah, that's good. For as much as, for as long as I can. And so, I like that. It seemed realistic. Oh, yeah, she's like, you've changed. And he's like, I haven't changed. Yeah. I just know. Or when she's like, you know, he's like, why don't your friends come over? They they think you're kind of weird. Why? Because you were staring at him all day. <laughs> yeah. He's like, and he's like, yeah, I do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I like how um he. There's a lot of like um, uh, I don't, I don't know how to say life lessons or whatever, but like uh, 
him saying, you know, I didn't change. I just keep a lid on it. That I think that's probably just true for anybody. I don't think I don't think you could really change as a person very much. Like sometimes maybe, and sometimes things just fade away or whatever. But um, I think it's mostly self control that you have to Im- implement in life. And then the the other thing was like when when um she said that her scumbag friend is is changed. She's like, no, she you know people don't change like that. Yeah. And then even he said. You know your father. No, he's a he's a black-hearted you know individual. He's not going to change this and that. So like, and it just shows you like when you make these attempts um, to to like give an olive branch or whatever to people that are that black-hearted, um, it's not it's not worth it, and you're better off just leaving these people be. You know. Well, the idea behind a, a lot of these Rambo films are people are. They're set who they are, or they really can't change. Um, it began, you know, with First Blood, he was like, oh, he was a kid, and we made him into the ultimate weapon, and now look out. But even starting back in a second movie and going into a third, the big thing, the big reveal was, no, you were always like this. We just, you know, we we shaped you. We honed your skills. Yes. You know, we, how was it portrayed in the book? Well, I only read... I only read the... Sorry? I said, I don't know, but the guy, the author, is pissed off about this movie, though. (laughs) uh... Yeah, Yeah, but he's been pissy about a lot of them. Um, Well, and like everyone has said, if he's really that mad, give him the check back. Yeah, I'm sure he cashed a royalty (laughs) check. Um, But then again, in the book, he kills Rambo off. It was supposed to be a one-and-done thing. Um, Yeah, the book ends much darker than... The movie did. I mean, the movie. The first movie is very dark, anyway. Yes. And it's um, it's one of the only movies I know that is pretty much guaranteed to make a man cry. Huh. I love it for that. And um, that last scene, man, this is rough. Yeah. But but it's not even as dark as the book is because no. he doesn't make it out of the book. But and he was actually a really. A- totally different character yeah i mean stallone's uh-huh. rambo was different than the book's rambo and maybe that got up the guy's craw i don't know well i saw some interviews about this movie and and they were even asking like well where where would rambo go from here and stallone was like even mentioning i was like well i can't imagine he'd get into a relationship again after you know all this last uh, goings on and but i'm like wait a minute is this the last blood so it's weird that he's even talking. I'm surprised he didn't just say, no, no, this was it. There's nothing nothing more he would do. So, yeah, I wonder. what. Well, it depends. If it makes a, you know, dump truck full of money, um, I'm sure there's going to be talk about, you know, well, Stallone, maybe one more time. And it'll be up to him if I was he like, wants but to But you've do already it. used the good title. Don't you hate it when franchises do that, when they yeah. use the good title, the definitive end title? Like the final and, chapter. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the final destination. Yeah. Or Freddy's dead. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, and they always end up being crap. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have to come back with a better one, but no one goes to see the better one because the previous one was crap. But uh, this one, that, however, does not apply here. I don't think it's crap. <laughs> Jamie, what do you think? Well, I don't think it's crap. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Say that. Get that out of the way. I, uh, no, I, I really, really loved it. I was so drawn in to the emotional side with the family and it really it you know well you know me I'm I'm I tend to be <laughs> sensitive anyway about things and 
you know, it really got to me. I thought it was really good. Now, people have talked about his wooden performance. Stallone has always been wooden yeah. to me. Like, even when he is Rocky, which is probably the most emotional role he's ever had, it still comes off wooden to me, just very stiff. But I believe it because I just believe that that's the kind of person Rocky is. So, like, with here, when Rambo is when he has like he is at the pinnacle of his emotional break you know and even then some people say it just wasn't powerful enough I disagree I mean because I think at this point we know who he is as a character and that scene was incredibly powerful for his character and so if you know the character and you enjoy the character then you know that about him so I don't think that there was anything wrong with that performance I think that maybe those people don't really know the character you know if if they think it, that it didn't work because i'm like yeah it to me to, at least to me it was a very uh, just broken john rambo but uh, and very effective i think there were there was a lot of talk um or at least some talk before we went to go see this movie we watched the ign review and they tend to be a little I don't know. I like annoying anyway sometimes. <laughs> but they actually were just really upset about how Mexicans were portrayed in this film. And, you know, it's just like uh, every Mexican was either a bad guy or a horrible stereotype. And I'm like, well, what do you know? They weren't. What are you talking about? Like, we didn't even really get to know any Mexicans in Mexico. We saw we saw people in Mexico. But the ones the the one the characters that we got to know, which were, you know, the two women on the farm and then the uh, like the report those are the reporter those were all good people the doctor who came and fixed him up he was a good guy you know it and then we saw the bad guys and then other than that you saw people in a club who just were normal people in a club having a good time they weren't doing anything wrong and so the bad guys were bad guys oh my god <laughs> like i'm sorry but we have to have bad guys but they happen to be Mexican bad guys. So therefore, this was a white man going down to kill Mexicans. Uh, he was going to kill bad guys. Yeah. And that's the thing is, but it's like I said, <laughs> like, say, for instance, take the Taken movie. Nobody gives a shit who's the bad guy in those movies. You know, it, it's just different times, though, baby. It's um, it doesn't matter is the thing. It's not. I don't know. I like I don't watch that movie and go, look how horrible Mexicans are. I know I don't. I go, look how horrible those assholes are. That's yeah. that's what I think about it. And I think that the actual Mexican people that we got to know anything about their characters, they were good people. So I don't really see what... I don't think there was anything negative about the film, other than the fact that they were bad guys. But, I mean, we got to have them. And stuff like sexual slavery and human trafficking, it happens. It happens all the time. And... We, it is a very, I mean, oh my God, the situation that she was put in was probably one of the most realistic portrayed. Like they went there, they went dark. Mm -hmm. And um, The Seasoning House is another movie about um, sex slaves, and it's very dark. Uh, not at all fun to watch, um, <laughs> but. But you had a and, lot of fun. <laughs> and, they portray, and they portray it very realistically. But so what's just it called? The Seasoning House. Okay. And it's 
really just uh, that one is just dark and disturbing and awful, and it's it's just very bleak. But with this one, you have that bleakness and in the what's going on, but you have this element of a hero, and that scene where he goes into he goes into the brothel, and he just starts beating the shit out of guys with hammers or with a hammer, and he keeps telling the girls to leave. And they keep they they keep saying no. They'll kill me if I don't. No, I can't leave. No, I have to stay. And he just keeps going from room to room to room, trying to save them all. And you can see his frustration with the last one. He's just like ah, like you know I I don't know what else to do. You know he's he doesn't know what else to do. And then he comes across his niece and and you think and you have that moment where you're like oh man everything's gonna be okay. You know like when they're at first I'm always afraid someone's gonna come up behind him. But when they're when you see them in the truck and they're traveling, you're like you're relieved. You're like it's gonna be okay. She's gonna be okay. But it, she's not. And they went for it, and I was like, "What did you just do to me?" You know, it just it was. <laughs> but, really, by the way, spoiler yeah. warning: about three minutes ago, with Jamie talking here, it's fine though. He's uh, thrown out there. <laughs> well, I assumed that it was. Is this not? Did uh, you not want to do a spoiler show? No, I just said sp- first impressions without spoilers. I don't care. Do what oh, you got to do. You I'm know. I'm so sorry. I'm you got to <laughs> forgive her. I'm. So- I didn't realize. I, f- I forgot. She, I that's okay. I, I did she, hear you say first impressions, and I. I don't went care. Off on a rant. Kind of assumed that that meant. That's first okay. Impression. Keep, keep <laughs> it going. Go on, girl. Well, anyway, the um. Then you know when we get to the really bloody parts in the in the third act. That's that is where my only issue lies, and it it's that it goes by so quickly. Oh man! Like it's very fast. It's like a speed run through all the violence at the end, and I, you know some of this stuff. I'm just I just wanted him to slow down and let me enjoy it a little bit. Oh. And that sounds terrible, but these were really bad guys. I want to see bad things happen to them. Uh, yeah, I agree with that, but. I, I try to make sense of it like, well, maybe this is how it would really happen. Like, you know, they were I mean, all there and it's not. I guess that's that- true. But to be honest, if like you pulled up with your whole crew and before you even got out of the car, right. like, six <laughs> or seven guys were killed. Wouldn't you just be like, all right, dude, let's go home. Like, <laughs> this I'd is be so like- not worth it. Yeah, let's let let's regroup before we all just run in there. You know, <laughs> like that didn't even happen. That did surprise me. I actually thought he would be like, okay, uh, yeah. And that's one thing. Like at no point did anybody go like, what are we dealing with here? Like, wh- who is this guy or what's yeah, happening? They didn't stop to think. There was no, no planning. There was no talking. Like no. you'd think at one there point there should have been a little bit of a warning there when they don't. You know, they know his name. Obviously, they know this guy came to his brother's house, killed all his armed guards right. with a knife, and then took his brother, tied him to the, you know, spoilers, I guess. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, let's keep the party going. It's fine. Since uh, tied the brother to the bed and then cut his goddamn head off. There should be alarm bells there. It's like none of that's addressed. They don't no. even ponder it for a second. I mean, somebody should have stepped up and said, hey, boss. Yeah. You know, he killed all these guys with a knife. (laughs) You know, all the guys walking around with machine guns. Yeah, he killed them with a knife. And he (laughs) killed your brother with a knife. This is the kind of guy we're dealing with. So something else introduced in this film. uh, John Rambo, Master Blacksmith. Because you know, he could do all that stuff now, too. You know, right, that, right. Uh, well, no, no. I, he, he always did that. At least in the last movie, he made his knife again. Yes. 
So, I mean, it's just something they've continued on. And I like that I think they have the same handmade machete, whatever the hell, hanging up there um, from the previous movie, from part four. That's good. I'm sure there are some big callbacks in there. Um, yeah, how did you describe this film on my, my little my little Facebook blurb? I said it's part Streets of Fire, part Jim Van Bever's Dead Beat by Dawn, and throwing a John Rambo blender, and that's how I feel about this film. It's like a big old... I, 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 and you think it's rushed, Jamie. I, I think it was very efficient with this time. If, it, if, I, if I have any complaints, I'd say I would like to know more backstory about this, this family he's been, been shacking up with. Well, yeah, I'd like to know who they are specifically. I'd like to know more about the reporter. Really, all she did, like, she was a nice person, but all she did was show up, show him places, and then, you know, she was like the NPC that comes in and, and yeah. wraps you in a bandage and then tells yeah. you what to do and then comes back later, you know, with a key. I mean, yeah, they, they, <laughs> didn't, they didn't do much with her, and that was kind of a, a little perturbed by that, too, because I've, I've always kind of wanted... Like Rambo, not to be like the one man army. Like as Rambo gotten older, he might have had like you know, took on like a, a mercenary or two to see how that worked out. You know. Yeah, I thought she's. I bet you she's like uh, in some cut scenes or something. You know, probably, like probably because this movie is, it's criminally short in my book. It's only eighty nine minutes, and that's with a long credit scene. Right. I mean, because right, they're showing right. you all these pictures from previous Rambo's, yeah. and that goes on. And I enjoyed it, but then if you stop to think, wait, that's this is part of that eighty-nine minutes. How yeah. much of the actual film is there? Right. Yeah, something was odd about her departure from this movie. Like, he's like, uh, I I know you want to see revenge happen too, you know, and we're gonna go all pumped up and let's see what these two concoct together. All of a sudden, he just goes into the brothel. And that's yeah. the last time you see it. It's just like, wait, yeah, what? I, um, when she when the, when he first got back and he was talking to her, that's when I told Brian I was going to go get a refill. And just because I was like, just you can just tell me what they say when I come back. So I went down to the concession stand. I got a refill and I came back and she was already out of the movie. And I was like, what happened? And he goes, oh, she just took him to the place. And I'm like, what? Okay. okay. Like, like, yeah, bye-bye, <laughs> Pause Vega, you know? But uh, so. then I was like, so is that... It? Then she never came back. And I'm like, holy shit, she's just gone. She's out of the movie, point minute. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to do a Mickey impression. That's fine, <laughs> that yeah. Was great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do like about this movie, as opposed to all the other ones, well, maybe the first one, not the first one, I should say. It seemed like this was much more personal. Because yes. it's yeah. dealing with, you know, his quote-unquote daughter and revenge. I mean, this is a Rambo revenge film. This, 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 is, this is the first one where we actually had vengeance for somebody besides the POWs, of course. You yeah, know. I mean, the the first one is just, hey, leave me alone. And <laughs> they couldn't do that, so now we had to go mess them up. I just want to go home. <laughs> What's that? I just want to go home. Yeah, that was pretty good, too. Hey. And got Rocky and, and Mickey in the same room. Me and my buddies are always joke, like, the guy just wanted a sandwich. All you had to do was give him a sandwich. You could have avoided all of this. Right. Um, but no, you had to be a jerk. And now. Well, I'm glad you're bringing this up. Like what I think one of the issues people have is the departure from what you normally get out of a Rambo. Now, you know, barring part one, oddly enough, 
Then you got the next three, which is all sort of war oriented. Exactly. That's what it is. It's all about, you know, he can have some personal stakes like he he was a POW. So he wants to get the POWs out. Um, He I forget the Afghanistan one. But, the you know, the fourth one, when he brings the missionaries in, he felt something for the one woman. So when he found out they were captured, he's like, okay, you know, grabs his bow again and let's do it. But those were all just like him versus various militaries. Right. You know, the Vietnamese, the Russians and the oh, I forget the fourth. Well, he was on the Afghani side. I remember the one that was against the Russians, right? Yeah, Russians. Yes. And so that was always him fighting a war. This one went back. And maybe, who knows, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe that's why they called this Last Blood to really yeah, tie that connection to, to the first the blood. Because, yeah. again, it's, you know, if people would have left Rambo alone, he would have been fine. He dug some tunnels. He has a few screw loose. But, I mean. Is that the same farm that he goes to at the end of the first one? See, that's what I was trying to wonder. Um, I kept trying to look at it and see if it was the same, but I couldn't tell if they were doing, like, different angles. or. And that's just... what I'm, I wonder about his family dynamic. Like, I'm trying to think, okay, who is the older woman, and then who is his niece? Is she actually his niece? Like, maybe how, you know, niece is like, my mom died. Maybe the mom is Rambo's sister. I, mean, I was trying to figure that out too, and I yeah, just—it just makes no sense. And I was like, well, maybe he just adopted them as a family because something in the is either the beginning or the ending where that you get some of the script or whatever says something talks about somewhere, some somehow, someone <laughs> talks about him taking up with a family, like, mm. or kind of alludes to it that it's that it's not his blood family, but that he is just sort of integrated himself into the family. I don't could, know. Could be a Shane type situation here, Jamie. Come back, or, uh, Shane. Come back, Shane. Come back, Shane. Rambo. Shane. Well, have, speaking of family, what did, what is with that scene when the girl asks the dad, "Why did you leave me and Mom?" Oh my God! Yes, that is what, okay. Yeah, I did have some issue with that because when she first knocked on the door, he was fine. He was like, right. "Oh, you were always smart. You know, you you know, you were always wow, smart you found in school me. and." And hey, and you're I, didn't tall. Expect, I didn't expect this, but you're all grown up now, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then she asks him the one question, and then he gets like all fucking sinister and shit. <laughs> like, the lighting gets all dark around his face. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? I never wanted you. And if you come back, I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, it was just awful. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, that was a bit much. <laughs> I didn't was... buy it. I thought he was, dr- I thought he would go, no, I'm just kidding. No, seriously. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your mom was a drug addict, and I couldn't stay with her. Like I thought, he's punking her. Yeah, she she cheated on me, but no, I love you though. But I just couldn't do it. <laughs> like I didn't know. I thought I was waiting for a joke. Yeah, she was fucked weird. like seven guys in a driveway once, and I could I couldn't stand that anymore. So you know. <laughs> oh That's my god. situation. Mm. Yes, indeed, <laughs> little Bill, man. You know. But yeah, it it was. A complete just switch, and I'm like, what the what? How, who? What? Like it just? Right. I don't know. It shocked me, and I thought that was a little unnecessary. Like, thinking, he didn't need to be that evil. He yeah, could have no. just said, "Hey, go away." I don't know. <laughs> that would have been nicer than I never wanted you. <laughs> I'm thinking that was the whole point. They were trying to suck you in with the, oh hi. Well, I'm surprised you found. You know, he first comes out. He seems like a normal, okay guy, mm-hmm. and then 
you know, you're thinking, well, maybe there's a deeper reason or a secret reason, but he still really loves her. But no, he's just the father from hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. I think that um, that might be a probably one of the bigger flaws of the movie. It's yeah, so I, yeah. No, I bizarre. Agree. Yeah. That I, I, even, think I that, brought that up on the car in the way home. I mean, in the car on the way home. Yeah. No, on the car. It's good stuff. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> on the car. <laughs> oh, lucky Brian. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I know. You're into this. But wasn't that weird with that guy in the doorway? <laughs> She's like, shut up. <laughs> Was she chewing gum? Because I can't stand girls to chew gum on me or Whoopi. Okay, come on now. Whoopi. Whoopi. I'll He's say like, Whoopi. I don't shut care. Shut up. I can't finish if you keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> But yeah, that was a weird, weird whole thing, and uh, it just yeah it didn't have to go that extreme for her to just want to blow off some steam at a club or whatever. Right. Um, but how about that? Like her friend, <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, you could tell she was a little jealous that she has a nicer life. She kept bringing it up. Like I could tell, I could feel you staring at me, feel you looking around this room. That she looks at her gold thing on her wrist, and then it's like so you could see a little bit of like resentment there, but then. Then, like, she brings her, and then you find out later that she somehow talked the pimp into giving her this this band around her wrist as a payment of giving her to him or bringing her over there or something. It, it's like, how can you be that dark to bring this friend of yours who's just – you actually did, you went through the trouble of finding her dad for real. It's almost like yeah, you didn't I even have to bother – when she first got there, I thought she was lying to her about because I I fully expected that she was going to be the reason that she ended up where she did, but I fully expected as well that she lied to her about her father. And I thought when she's like, "Get in the car, we'll go," you know, "we'll go find him." I was like, "Oh shit, that's it." Yeah, and then the next thing you know, there. she's I actually a guy would, yeah, would come out and grab her or something. Yeah, and then the next thing you know, she's actually talking to her father. I'm like, "Oh, okay, well, um, all right." So she's kind of a nice person like what i don't understand this character right and then so it's in a way and now i'm starting to wonder is this the movie just trying to fuck with us just on yeah um you know just like is this gonna happen no just kidding this is you know and but they go to such weird extremes and it's all this character pieces and it's just it doesn't it's like it takes a 90 degree turn and it doesn't come off as surprising, like, oh, my God, I didn't see that coming. It comes off as... Um, you were skeptical the whole time, and now you're just finding yeah, out what they chose and, to do. And yeah. then you're like, well, that's not believable at all. Like, like <laughs> that, that is not a real person or how a real person would behave. Well, but, Uncle John and her grandmother both said that this girl is no good and your father is no good, so why are you even doing this for her? And yeah, because, I mean, that's true. They did set up these people as bad people. We should have listened yeah, her, her wardrobe says angry Chola all the way, and she's angry Chola from, you know, from from hitting the screen, basically, like, being defensive about her house and all this other stuff. And, right. You know, oh, it's so strange. But that's um, it. Those things are things that I wonder, were they, you know, a little deeper in an original cut? Were, was there more time devoted to that, to the all? of those things and they just had to trim it so much that they're just you know trimming it in really choppy weird places like i would love to see an actual director's cut of this to see if these characters are more fleshed out 
because I think that that's really the biggest problem with this is that they, and it ties in. I mean, Alex, your biggest problem ties in with my biggest problem, which was that I, I felt like it felt rushed. And right. those are the ways in which I, it felt rushed. And then at the end, the whole third act, I, like I said, I think was just like a speed run. But I feel like the character stuff in the beginning was just very, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. When I would have liked to explore more of those relationships or get to know more of those people, I think it would have. And here's the thing. This is a movie that I want more of. Like, I yeah. I mean, we're there for 89 minutes, but I'm okay with that. I would have gone for two hours without skipping it a beat right. for this movie. Because I feel like when I was in the theater, it was over way too fast. It's also yeah. structured very oddly for a Rambo movie. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like I said, the whole first half is just family drama, kind of. Um, where normally Rambo, there's action. I mean, like even that final scene of him stalking through the tunnels and doing his Jason Voorhees kind of thing, um, <laughs> that usually happens in the middle. And then there's a whole climax after that. Right. Um, and there's action scenes before that. You don't really get a lot of that in here. No. And I'm okay, and I'm okay with the so family I'm, drama stuff. Uh, I just wish there was more of it. Like, I... You know, if you want, if you want to take this this angle, I'm with you. I will go with you. Right. Let's go. My point is, just everything seemed very tourniquet or truncated. Truncated. Yeah, yeah. It, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just it was just chop, 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 chop. Yes, he, he probably tourniqueted that body that was he got his head cut off because there was very little blood on that bed sheets. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually thought about that. I was like, well, maybe he did it in the shower. And yeah, he did in the shower. The maybe. Body right. out there. You know, put him out in display. Like, but he was, uh, oddly okay. enough, he was dressed while he was in the bed. Didn't he? Wasn't he naked when he killed him? Maybe he dressed him then. <laughs> Rambo's kind of weird. <laughs> He's like, well, let's get some clothes on you for when people get here. Yeah, <laughs> that's indecent. Yeah, that'd be weird to come in your dick sticking out. All right, <laughs> pants on at least. <laughs> Although I do like the shot where when they first come in there and they see him sitting on the bed of his head and then you see Rambo driving away and he throws the head out the window it's like that's actually when I came back into the theater is yeah. when he was throwing the head back out so I missed all the part from when he met up with her and said hey, I need your help and then all the way until he threw the head in the window that's the part that I missed it's like he took the head just so he could throw it away <laughs> and I was like whoa that's somebody's head when I came walking into the theater Mm-hmm. And I've never, I've never seen a man recover from a concussion and a scar the way John yeah, Wayne does this movie. You know, concussion yeah. I can buy. It was four days, but with that scar, it was. Like, I'm like, how much? And then I was like, okay, so are we supposed to assume that a lot of time has gone by? Because I mean, no. when I really was looking at his scar later on, it was after the funeral, after they had, you know, packed up her stuff, and that stuff takes days. Just mm-hmm. ba- you just so. buried her in a field somewhere, though. So it's not like they like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very official, right? <laughs> well, then and that's funny too, because I was like, is this like a uh, a motel hell kind of thing where you just bury people and you don't inform <laughs> anyone? <laughs> like, oh, you see uh, the scar here? That's good genes right there. See, you know. <laughs> Yeah, didn't the dad get notified of this or anything? Nothing? Well, fuck that guy. He doesn't deserve to get No, not that I want him to, but yeah. Oh, but. He, he got notified. It's like, like Jamie said, it felt like the, the theater shook. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was cool. Cause he, 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 John Rambo did a pretty bad beating on a rooftop in, the, in, in this movie, and that, that, that sets up you know his, his vengeance or whatnot, because he has to go... 
eventually he does he does find her with the sex traffickers, and then uh, I don't know, we get a spoiler away, but some bad happens to the girl. Of course, we just mentioned that she buried her, so she she dies on the way back to to, to Arizona, and uh, <clears throat> I I love how this it sets up because he sets up the the, the greatest. Uh, Home Alone sequel slash Predator that never happened at, at at this farm and uh you get that that action that action scene that I don't I don't think it's rushed if if it's rushed by anything it's it's a, I might have missed a kill in there because it was just happening all at once. That's what I, I mean. Know. Like I want to be able to to enjoy Savor it. I every I want to see it all, you know. And yeah, it was just um, on to the next one before I got a chance to even go. You know, it's for my brain to register. Did he just blow the top of his head off and then shoot him again when he was on the ground? Like, did he yes. seriously double tap the guy that he blew his head off? That's I funny. Mean, that's overkill right there. Yes. <laughs> he he does a lot of guaranteed kill yet shoot again things here. Yes. It's, it's funny. Like the guys who landed on the spikes. Do you really have to shoot? Them? Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, what? Like any, like a few more holes are going to make a difference at that. Well, those, those those spiked me. They missed all their vital organs, so he's got to make sure they're dead. You know, I, I think just it's showing his rage. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because no, like, ah, I'm going to kill you multiple times. Yeah, I just want to rip you apart. Go home, Michael. Apart. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the rage. Yeah, uh, it was it was brutal. Um. What was I going to say? There, there was one one aspect that I thought. Uh, oh, um, like, oh, yeah. <clears throat> so the girl dying. So his reaction, you know, this whole wooden thing. And then even like when he pulls up to the house and he's I don't know whoever that lady is, you know, and then he says, wait, because he doesn't want her to walk up all excited that you found, you know, this girl only to see that she's, like, unresponsive and then, like, you know, all that. So he wanted to say it before she got there. So that was that was a good uh, call in the writing. And then um, his his reaction, he kind of, as she, like, realized it, then runs over to the truck, he stands there, like, awkwardly and, like, almost yes. emotionless. But yeah, and his stance, his physical, the, like, the phys- physical part of his stance was very awkward. That's a good way to describe it. Very awkward, yeah. Yeah, but and I'm, we held I'm on him for a very long time. Yes. He was just kind of panning out, and I was I, like... I think it's one of those situations in which he did rescue her, but he felt that he failed He failed his mission, of course, to to, to save her altogether. So right. I've yeah. been to the point where people, people have died in my family where I haven't really talked to anybody at a funeral because, you know... Sometimes you don't know what to say. Like, this is a situation where he know he's he knows that he failed, you know, and he and didn't know really quite nothing to say. Not really nothing to say, you know. But he's standing there like someone who doesn't know what to do with their hands, you know. Like, <laughs> right, right. Like I don't, I don't know where to put my are, hands in this situation. Are you, are you so I'll referring just to Rick- awkwardly by my socks? <laughs> are you referring uh, to Ricky Bo- as Ricky Bobby? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know That's what to exactly. do with my hands. <laughs> That's exactly what he stood there like. And but but the thing is, I try to make sense of it and say like <clears throat> he was standing there numb because he it's almost like you don't know how to act in these situations like, oh, so what's the protocol? Should I go down to my knees and hold my head in my hands? You know, like <laughs> I'm glad that he didn't do that. And instead, he stood there like just numb and dumb, you know, like yeah. he didn't do anything and i think that was actually kind of a good call even though it looked odd 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think you're right. It, you know, what else would he do? Could he do? And I think Gary's right too. It just, the, it just was just funny to look at, you know. Well, with the exception of the Ricky Bobby hands, you know, if you, if you read into the character, you read the, into the dialogue that's used in this movie alone. He never had anybody to care for, for anybody to care for him, and for a very long time, so. Yeah. He he didn't quite know how to act. You know, staring at the friends when they came over, so they didn't want to come over. So I think that's more atoned to that that he just don't quite know know how to act in the situation in which somebody got killed that he genuinely had had feelings about. Yeah, and it's very believable, uh, particularly of someone of his generation or even older than that. My dad was just like that. Like he would just freeze up if anything emotional ever happened. Um, he just was like, uh, I mean, there were so many times when I was upset about things when he would just like, he'd like put his arms around me and pat my back and he was like, okay, <laughs> it's okay. Like he never knew what to do about it, <laughs> but it's not that he didn't want to. It's not that he didn't care. He just didn't know how, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that's just a, <laughs> Like, there are so many... I guess what I'm trying to say is that little bit right there, I think, says so much about his character. Without anyone having to say a word, I think you get who he is. And, yeah, and then it just turns into white-hot rage. And, which is... I I was thinking, while I was watching this movie, and we were getting our little um, A-Team prep montage, you know? Oh, yeah. I was... (laughs) I was just going to mention that, too. He's like 18 in that fucking tunnel up, ain't he? Yeah. I, you know, watching that, I thought to myself, to know that someone would do that for you, like, that is, you know, if something, if someone did something horrible to you and this is the response that it gets, I mean, that's just, that's incredible, you know, to just to think about the fact that there's anybody out there who would rip a guy's jaw off, you know, or like break his clavicle with his two fingers. Um, oh, that's gotta be the most brutal scene that's, in the movie. I don't like want yeah. that to happen. Cause you know, lawsuits and stuff, but it's just, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's kind of a powerful thing. That scene where he stabs the guy in the leg and then jams his thumb into his, his neck and pulls out the bone. Oh. I was like, Oh God. <laughs> I was legitimately squirming, and that during that, I was just like, oh, I kept grabbing onto Brian, and I was like, oh, oh, like, none of the other stuff in this movie got me like that, but that really got me, and I think it was, one, because it was really incredibly harsh, like, that is, that is some harsh stuff, but two, I wasn't expecting it when it happened, like, like nothing like that had happened up to that point, so I wasn't expecting it to go zero to 60 in, like, two seconds flat. He's like, what's the worst thing I could do to somebody to make them give me information? I got it. I got it, man. You know? Right. <laughs> like, this won't kill him, but it'll hurt a whole fucking lot. And good luck on that healing time, buddy. You know, I'm just, it's... I'm just glad the guy told the truth about where they were. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I felt I wanted to bring a little something special to the podcast. So I, I have the music of when he's setting up all the traps at his house. So here we go. Get it out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my micro machines, Ma. Yeah, you should lay down micro machines for them. 
<laughs> like like tie paint cans to the ceiling. <laughs> you better come and get me. Uh, come on, you big horse's ass. <laughs> I love just... that where he pops up out of the cellar or like out of the tunnels, just like through the door. Just pop, 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 and then jumps back down. And then <laughs> well, just I was kind of dis- lure them in there. I was disappointed, though, when um, he did this cool thing where he shot these guys near the barn and they all went on fire. And then he, he proceeds to keep shooting them with a gun. And I'm like, no, just let them burn, dude. I said the same thing. I'm like, dude, let them fucking suffer. It's right. fine. Right. No, when I see them making those magnesium rounds. I was like, man, I hope these are used a lot in this fucking scene. But <laughs> you get that one scene, and that's great. You know, again, overkill. Yeah, that, was, that was kind of phenomenal. But, yeah, I, every time he sets a guy on fire, he also puts him out of his misery. And I'm like, God Instantly. damn it. Yeah, that's let only bummer. Mm-hmm. With that, I'm guessing he is not so much interested in, you know, seeking. He doesn't want to hurt them. He just he wants to kill them. And again, that goes to her towards the whole overkill thing. Yeah, but he. I mean, he wants to hurt the last guy. He rips his heart out and <laughs> yeah. tells him he's going to do it. Well, and that's because pins him to the barn wall with arrows. He's the main <laughs> son of a bitch. I mean, he's the reason. So you're thinking he was trying to be. Um, I don't know, merciful to them? Not even merciful, just just, just efficient. Yeah. You don't leave a wounded enemy at your back. So, so what you're saying, Brian, is he just brushes his hands like so, you can't see it in, 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 in the microphone, obviously, and say, yep, no more sex trafficking in Mexico. We got him. We got them all, you know. <laughs> no, but he, caught, you know, he killed everybody who came for him. Oh, yeah. And it was only, that's why they had that scene in the tunnels where he draws a bead on the main bad guy and then lets him go. Yeah, and then he even tells them on the radio when they're talking, I could have killed you ten times ago, but I want you to suffer. The rest don't matter. Yeah. He, he, he was biding his time, and there are scenes where he aims a gun directly at him and doesn't take a shot. But then he gets, like, mortally wounded by this man, but keeps on running at the same pace. You know? Yeah, it's like he he's gets shot off all the random zombies before you get to... Yeah, <laughs> yeah he got big, shot in the boss. arm. And he was still able to stab the guy and just do everything he wants to do. Well, that's he's always done that. I mean, those, those, those one of the most really amazing sharp, things I remember is from part three where he gets shot through the shot in the back and through the gut. So he just pours some gunpowder in there and lights it on fire. <laughs> and the next day he's climbing a mountain. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I would have loved to like him going like that smelting room and like uh, cauterize the wound with, with like a hot blade. <laughs> That's badass. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, well, it kind of reminds me of the Revenge, the movie Revenge with the girl where she pulls herself up oh, off yeah. the branch and so she's got this hole in her abdomen and she uh, like fixes it at night, overnight well, in the cave. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's another thing about the Rambo movies. They've always been about what a tough son of a bitch he is. I mean, at first when he jumps off the mountain and then he has to sew himself up. And then in the second one, he has to do some other surgery on himself. And the third one, he, I mean, every movie he gets, you know, his ass beat and then he has to come back from it somehow. Yeah. That just so he, adds to the mythology. So he's a seamstress and a couple things on Demolition Man, too, see? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they taught him well. Yeah. That motherfucker can knit a sweater like nobody's business, man. You know? Oh, that's a Demolition Man reference. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm sorry, but not I sorry. Not long ago. Oh, yeah, so I saw it too long ago, yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, but the end of this, the end of this film, it, it really leaves it open ended because when he dispatches all his enemies, and by the way, he really only uses the barn and the tunnel in this movie. It's like you guys ain't fucking my homeowner's insurance with this bullshit, you know? It's uh... yeah, I was surprised by it. There was one guy who went to the house. He got the surprise. That was it. And um, but it ends with him, ends with him sitting in a rocking chair, you know, all, all bleeding and stuff. And it kind of has like the ending the wrestler has, in which you don't know yeah. if he's gonna die or if he's or if he's gonna I live. I believe he died. Not not Rambo, but with the wrestler. Yeah. I think he died. Do you think he died? Yeah. So, well, but um, with this one, I think he doesn't, and I think he becomes Bruce Banner. He's well, already Bruce okay. Banner. He, he, he's a he's a. He's I know, a, but he's, he's a, been in one place for a very long time. But I feel like he starts being the walking man again. He's a blacksmith. He could he could fucking wrangle some fucking horses now. He could he, totally get a job at a Renaissance fair. Yes. Everywhere he goes. He might make that hawk work at medieval times all day long, man. You know. So. Oh God, I hate medieval times. Oh, it's, it's dinner and a show, Alex. Come on, man. You know. Uh, God. Well, before the end, let's get to that part everybody loves so much. Go for it. Politics. Oh yeah. I heard a bunch of people claiming this is a mega Donald Trump wet dream, um, orgy, orgy, whatever. Oh, when he drives through that fence, I said, like... Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. The whole... They show a, a scene of the wall, and then they show, like, the Mexican bad guys just going to a tunnel underneath the wall. Um, but didn't they do the same thing in Fast and the Furious? Yeah, they had tunnels, except they drove through them because Fast and Furious. But, uh, I don't know. I, did any of you see overt political messages in here? Not within the script, no. I mean, the script is all about vengeance. It had nothing to do with his personal politics, you know. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah, I agree. But I mean, I guess like a metaphorical message. Even then, no. I mean, he he, he used the skills that he had to to enact his revenge. He he knew they were going to come for him because they had his license, obviously, and they they knew where he lived, so they they were going to come for him. Because the and, one thing, go ahead. Sorry. And they, they, and they came for him, and he dispatched him, you know, for good reason. Because the one thing I took away was almost an anti-Trump message at one part, and just specifically relating to the wall. Because they show the wall, and it's, ooh, big scary wall, and then the Mexicans just go underneath it. Kind of saying, you know, that's how good your wall will work. Yeah, but they, they did that in... Um, they did that in Sons of Anarchy, right, with the tunnels, Alex? Right. It's been well, a while since I watched did. it. Well, the Mayans, they, right? You mean? Yeah, yeah the, well, yeah, the Mayans. Every time they, you know, want to circumvent the border somehow, they break out right. the tunnels. Because it is a known thing. It's something they do do. I think they mm -hmm. had tunnels in weeds. Yes, they had tunnels in weeds, too. Yeah, I mean, it... I think what people are failing to realize is that there's a very good reason that it takes place in Mexico and that they're Mexicans. And it's not because of anything political. It's just that what we needed for this story was an enemy that was close by, but not within the United States, because part of the reason he had to do what he did was because there was no one to help him. He couldn't, like, he even made a statement about the police down there. They're not going to do anything. Right. And so it's like, it just satisfied what we need for this story. Like, he had to, there had to be an enemy that was close enough for him to 
go back and forth. So they live very near the border, clearly. And then it had to be, you know, because he had to be able to go. Because if it was just, you know, next door in the next town or whatever, all you got to do is call the, you know, call the cops, call the somebody. And, you know, you can yeah, get It had help. to be out of reach in some had, level. Exactly. It had to be like a like in hostel, you know, right. um. And like I said then, you know, in Hostel, they go to these little Eastern European places and get all fucked up. And nobody screams about how it's the Eastern Europeans doing it. And that makes them look bad because you don't look at those movies and automatically categorize the entire culture in your head. You just don't. That's just not normal. And if you do that, then there's something wrong with you, not the movie. Has it? Does anybody know if Mexico has officially said anything about this movie, or just they don't care? I I have no idea if they've said anything. Everything I've said has come from journalists who just love to start shit. Because it always was a thing. Like when Rambo Two came out. Vietnam actually was like, oh, how dare you show Vietnamese like this and blah, blah, blah. When Rambo 3 came out, the Russians said the same thing. You know, oh, this paints Russians in a bad light and blah, blah, blah. And just nobody cared. Everybody said, yeah, sure, whatever, and, you know, went on their way. Now it's such a – I want to know if Mexico themselves – I would like to think Mexico has better things to do than complain about a goddamn movie. Right. And even like, but the juxtaposition of the betrayal, like even if you were going to say, well, he made Mexicans all look bad or whatever, because they were all street thugs that they all, everyone there looked like they were going to kill you. Maybe because just the way they had, you know, standing around smoking and looking at people, the gazes, all the weird shit going on. You could say that, but then even, even take it to, yeah, but he took a Mexican family in. The daughter couldn't be a better example of a person uh, going yeah. to college. Great student. Uh, nice. Just genuinely nice person. Nice. You right. Could get, you could get that from her, that she was a nice person. Right. And then that lady who like was with them, taking care of them. like, it, And then the one, the re, the reporter or whatever. Like, right. Yeah. I mean – he was just in a bad part of town. You can go to, to downtown Newark here or, you know, whatever and see the or same thing. Right. Or downtown Chicago or downtown Atlanta or down downtown anywhere. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. There are going to be places in any city that, you know, tourists who don't know their way around shouldn't go, right. you know, but, and that's just the way it is. So, like, yeah, guys, you're right. Bad we, just, people. we should move downtown. <laughs> they went to. They just happened to be in a bad part of town, um, because all need, the all of they the just, people. They, they just need a ghetto sherpa. That's all they need. Okay, come <laughs> on now. <laughs> all the people that we actually got to know anything about were good people. Right. So you know, and and it was like I said earlier, the only other Mexicans you saw were the bad guys, but we had good guys. So they clearly aren't all bad guys. You can't say that they were painted as all bad guys. And then the only other ones you see are the people dancing in the club and the guys standing on the streets. And they could have looked sketchy on the streets, but that could have been something as simple as what the hell are you doing in my neighborhood? Like, I don't know you. Right, right. Um, because, ba- like, back home in my neighborhood, people noticed. If you, you know, if you weren't from around there, like, if you didn't live there and you came into the neighborhood, people would just be watching you all the way down the street. Because so, you're not driving the same, the right kind of car. You're not dressing the way everyone dresses. Yeah. Your hair isn't the way everyone else is. Your face is too pure. You know, there's, like, there's things that you just don't have. 
unless you're from certain areas and you 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 begin to look like your surroundings and you adapt and you could definitely spot a person who just doesn't belong there. When when I was in college there we used to love going out really late at night and driving around the little small towns around the college town and that's really not the safest thing to do because <laughs> it was in like rural mountainous areas up there and because we go really far and it'd be two o'clock in the morning and we have been followed out of town because the, my my friend that I would go with was from New Jersey. So she had New Jersey plates on her car and we're talking about little dinky towns and rural towns in northeast Georgia and <laughs> we have been followed out of town by so many sheriff's cars <laughs> like they'll just if you drive through town because we would like to we used to stop and read the monuments you know and then of course it'd be in the middle of the night but whatever i mean they're in the town square it's not like we're you know trespassing or anything but we would stop and read the monuments and geeky shit like that like we weren't doing anything bad and you'd see the cop car come cruising and then we get back in the car and they would follow us all the way out of town and then we would you know go on about our drive like they never harassed us other than following us out of town. But that's what we they just knew we didn't belong there. Like <laughs> and on top of that, she had New Jersey plates. So what the hell's she doing here? You know, it just it's just you just get suspicious of people that must must be part of that Jersey that Jersey cartel, you know, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but um and that's and then we're two like just two regular looking white girls. Like we don't look menacing oh, at all like y'all, <laughs> y'all were up to something y'all know y'all were come on but now. so i'm saying if they like follow us out of town just you know eh. but that happens anywhere you go so maybe they were being sketchy or maybe they were just being cautious because they don't know these people this big fucking dude gets out of a truck <laughs> and then a few minutes later you hear like screaming i mean yeah i don't know i did like the scene where he first came up on the hideout and not hideout but you know whatever the lair, and it's just you'd see the guys popping out of everywhere with cell phones. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, Rambo is really I... Rambo, the ultimate soldier, is really bad at recon people in this yeah. movie. He just sticks out like a sore thumb. That's true. Every time he turned a corner, it was like pop, 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 pop. Just guys everywhere. <laughs> now, and there's, a, I guess, there's another question I have. Why wouldn't they kill him? Yeah, they would have. But I mean, they, they would have killed him. Yeah, they wouldn't have even thought be. about it. Well, yeah, I know, but they, yeah, exactly. There would have been no conversation. He just would have been dead. And this way they can be, I'm going to cut your face up, and this girl you're looking for, ooh, we're going to do things to her, and you're going to go crazy thinking about all the things we're going to do. That's a good plan. Let's rile him up and then let him go. (laughs) It's also they didn't take him seriously because he's an old dude. You know, Even when he came up, they're like, what do you want, old man? Yeah, that's true. You'd think that Clavicle Boy would have told him. Well, he wasn't there yet. He was still sitting in a truck. <laughs> mm, clavicle boy. Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, I know I just bitched a lot about things. That's okay. That was mostly in jest. I mean, you know, it's fun to pick out stuff like that. But even then, I fucking loved this movie. Yeah, I I, I could do that to Commando for like 90 minutes. And that's one of my top 10 movies in the world. <laughs> you Yay, know, like, love Commando. 
Right. Doing that yeah. doesn't. Yeah, but we could we could have a ten times worse conversation about that. And this wasn't even bad. It was just you know we're just discussing and pointing out some things and trying to make sense of them or whatever. But like, um, it doesn't mean we didn't enjoy it or that you know, um, it doesn't have to be perfect for us to like it either. You know, it's just the the eighties were a little more accepting. Like you know, um, South American dictator Dan Hedaya, like in Commando. See, you know. Yeah, right. He's white, he's white as hell, you know. So there you <laughs> go. Yep. Oh my gosh, we're gonna wrap this up. I think I'm gonna ask Alex any last things you want to talk about the film. Uh, we're gonna rate this. We're gonna talk about it. I think any last impressions, sir. Oh, and then rate it. You said. Oh yeah, one to ten's good. Yeah. Um, the last impression I really liked, it, and I will definitely um own this one. I mean, I have the rest, and I like this more than uh, other ones in here. Um, if I were to rank it, I guess I'd say part one and then, um, probably this one and then, um, two, then four, then three. And, uh, yeah, this was just, I, I, I just really liked the, the lead girl. I liked him in this movie. Um, I think the lack of emotion, I think that's always been a part of his character. And I think that it shows that he's sort of more of an animal than a human in a lot of ways and then i think he was like he was battling trying he had he started to gain a lot of humanistic qualities through um taking this girl in and this family and you know things like that and i think he was finally tapping into that side of him which makes this personal so now he feels actual different types of loss instead of just his war buddies and stuff uh and that's good that's good for his growth um and of course this shit happens and it's like fuck so, you know, um, it was great the way he, um, you know, I was wondering how I was going to get back to his house. He did the right thing, stabbed the guy with the picture of the girl, and they knew where to go because we all remember they had his ID because he even showed it to the girl in the uh, whorehouse or whatever, uh, or brothel, whatever you call it. And uh, so, yeah, it all it all kind of made sense, and uh, except for, like, the outrageousness of them getting there and get blown up before you even show up to the front door, and you still just go head on in and you know, <laughs> head, head down, let's run in there. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of discrepancies like that, some things like that. But this is, you got to remember, it's an action movie. We're, we're holding it to a higher, you know, standard because it's a, a Rambo. If you you know you you think oh I'm I, I'm not gonna treat this like it's some random 80s or 90s uh, action movie no it's Rambo so you would think they have to put way more thought into it and they have to make sure everything's perfect but no they don't that's not never was like that and we just think that's how it is I guess I don't know uh, it just it's like a stigma in a weird way you just I, I think expect w- different things from that when Rambo made the guy explode with the exploding arrow and I think part three mm-hmm. was was way more ridiculous than anything in this movie. So. Right, right. <laughs> and nobody says we'll ever complain about that, right? So well, it's part three is the one that I don't really care for <laughs> because it's just a little bit cartoonish. But. That was also technically part two. Right, I was going to say, I thought that was because I thought he, he shot some more of the helicopter in three, didn't he? Yeah. Right, right, right. So, yeah, uh, all that good stuff. So, um... I really enjoy this. Um, I'm I do like five, so I think I I rate this a, a nine. No, that sounds crazy. A nine out of ten. Um, well, I do like Netflix ratings. Like you know, liked it, didn't like it, really liked it, loved it. Go for it. Man. So do we. Yeah. So I did four point five, which is like really liked it. And and I, I probably would have loved it 
if what we talked about happened, like that reporter showed up for some kind of closure at the end, or um, the the third act had about seven more minutes of whatever that was in there, and um, you know things like that, or maybe a little bit more flesh out of the teen girl or something like that. I don't know, but like um, a, just more is what I wanted, honestly. Um, everything that was here was, was really good. So, four point five out of five. Cool. Uh, Jamie. Exactly what Alex just said. I mean, <laughs> that is exactly the way I summed it up. Is I absolutely loved it, except for the fact that there were things I wanted more of. And because of that, I can only really like it. So, but I really liked it high with a 4.5, yeah. uh, just like you did. So, yeah, I mean, and honestly, I guess that would translate to like a 9 out of 10. You know, I'd be happy with that. It just sounds crazy, though, right? No, it does. I, but I, I, I mean, I'd be happy with that because I just, like I said, there were only, the only issues I had was that I wanted more of it. I just, I wanted to spend more time in this world and I feel like I was shortchanged the time that I got to spend here and, you know, I wanted more and I was prepared for more. I didn't realize the runtime was as short as it was until, um, well, we had seen that review and he did mention that, but I didn't even remember that until we were watching it and then it was over. I'm like, that. wait, that's it? Like, <laughs> that was so fast. <laughs> so, yeah, if I'd had more, it would have had an even higher score. But there just wasn't enough. Cool. Brian. I mean, there might have been enough, but I could have had more. I said Brian. I'm playing. <laughs> you reminded me of Bo when you did that. <laughs> I said, quiet! <laughs> I like it. I liked it a lot. Um, again, when I gave her mini-review of it, I basically said my only flaw with it is I think the end is a bit rushed. And if that's the only thing I can say bad about it, for the most part, that should tell you something about the movie. Um, whenever I want more of something, that's a good thing. And this one I do I do really like. I gave it a 4.5 as well. Um, I think it's a good send-off. I really don't hope they try to pour, pull Rambo back for one last you know, hurrah. This is it. This is his one last hurrah. He did it well. He was menacing. You know, he had a righteous fight and he went out on hell. He rode off into the sunset. You can't get more perfect than that. So leave it alone. Well, you ride off fine. He kind of shoot away his horses, man. No, I'm playing. It's, it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what, that's what I thought too. Cause he shoot them all away. And then next thing you know, they show him riding off into the sunset. Get the fuck out of here, or is there gonna blow some motherfuckers up? No, I, uh, <laughs> no, I dug it. I, I, I didn't mention it, but, um, I, in my little blurb on Facebook again, I mentioned that this is a, uh, a canon Rambo film. If, 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 if Canon ever made a legit Rambo film, and, uh, I'm not sure that was, so I seen one of the producers was, which is, uh, this guy named Bose, Bose Davidson, who, Worked a lot for Canon, and now he's writing a lot of a lot of story work for like Scott Atkins movies and stuff like that. So, it's, I didn't know how true that statement was until I actually read the credits, and that uh, that kind of made me happy. But um, everything you mentioned, it, it's 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 very serviceable. I'll say this all day long. It's 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 short, like they mentioned. I I hope we get more in like a director's cut or like some deleted scenes on the Blu-ray when that comes out. But um, the the way it is, the way it stands. There's enough there for you to get emotionally attached to the characters you're supposed to get emotionally attached to 
with the exception of the reporter who's just kind of there and goes away. So that's that's a regret. So about the same score. It's a, it's like a four and a half out of five. And uh, I recommend you guys go see the theater near you. I hope you guys have before you listen listen to, listen to this review because <laughs> we spoiled some shit, y'all. And yeah, uh, man, Jimmy wouldn't stop. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's it for this one. Uh, Alex, pimp your stuff, sir. Yes, uh, you could catch me on the Married with Children podcast every Wednesday with Jamie and Dan Chase from Cut to the Chase. And uh, we have the Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast, all the back catalog of shows. If you haven't checked those out and you like horror movies, definitely check out that uh, crazy journey. And um, we're doing a new show this Halloween. Uh, probably not on Halloween night, though. I'd, ra- I'd rather um, you get to live it out through October. So maybe we're shooting for like October 25th or something like that. So uh, look out for that. And I also do uh, R-rated. No, not R-rated. I do... <laughs> that's where Josh is from. Um, what's it called? Action move. Oh, uh, hard to kill podcast. Um, and that is uh, an action. Oh well, yeah. If you like this uh, review, we uh, watch action movies along with you and do commentaries. So um, that's that. Cool. Brian. I'm going to pass it to Jamie. Cause she's better at this than I am. Okay. Jamie. <laughs> Well, you can catch me on the aforementioned Married with Children podcast with Alex and Dan. Also on Cinema Beef when I can make it. And Brian and I have a couple of things we do together. One is the ABCs of Hidden Horror, which we also do with Dave Z. The other one is an extension of that. It's just the two of us, which is the Attack of the Colossal Collection, where we're going through all the movies that we own and doing little mini reviews. And that's a fun show to do. I really like that one. It's very quick paced and fun. And also Gary mentioned in the beginning, it's the liken it has had its triumphant return. And so we are releasing that show every month on the full moon. And today we just programmed the Halloween show earlier this evening. Ooh, so uh... that one is going to be coming out October Ooh. 13th for the full moon in October. And it's a big Halloween celebration. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. And currently, Gary and I both have been doing the Teapots Summer Series. Yes, we have. Uh, for the 90s, and that's been a something. I believe fun, I, record, I record my part of the roundtable a week from Friday as we're recording this. So, or is it, It's this Friday now, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that that thing with 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 the Mad Dunks, that guy from Scotland, uh, me as well. Send Beef Podcast with the Sloppy Seconds segment. This might be released as a separate Sloppy Seconds uh, segment, though, all by itself, because it's so long. I don't discredit my my co-host here, but it's it's pretty good. Um, Two Drink Venom Commentaries is back, sort of, when, when we can get them in. The latest one you could find is uh, about this movie called Iron Master, which is an Italian sword and sandals movie. In which George Eastman becomes a master smelter of, of metals, and yeah, they got oh. eight men. Yeah, it's 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 out there. <laughs> um, uh, I announced another show, so I'll announce it here too. It's not really set in stone all the way yet, but we are going to do it. Corey Graham are getting, and I are getting together to do a thing um, in which we look at soundtracks and um, 
we're going to pick some ones and find some good research about them and talk about their context within the film. Some some don't have context within the film at all. They're just great soundtracks. Like the first one, I'll announce there. First one we're going to cover is the soundtrack from Judgment Night, um, which is the Emilio Estevez, Stevie Dorff, uh, Dennis Leary uh, film from the early 90s, which has a great collection of collaborations, which... If you guys haven't heard this, you guys should check it out before we do the show because it's 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 like '90s gold on a soundtrack. A nice mixture of rap and alternative artists, and it's it's gonna be fun to talk about with Corey, who who loves music as well as horror. And um, that's that's about it for this. And uh, as my co-host used to say, the Phantom Eric. We'll see you all again in part two. Bye bye now.